Welcome Pathfinders to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. We're all gonna die. Angry We're not all gonna die. Positive Jordan. (laughs) We could all die. die. There there is a very good chance we could all die. But there's a very good chance. This is this is some serious serious pull this out. I was gonna Uh, say. Probably not all of you. Oh, I don't I don't like the sound of that. (laughs) All right, everybody, roll a percentile to see if you survive. There you go. Oh no, I don't like that. Those are bad for me. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so welcome back to uh, Mummy's Mask, episode 147. When last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers of the Duat had finished their battle against the cultists of Reshkigal in the Hall of Honor, where they had been ambushed by a quintet of Moftet, who stabbed the bejesus out of them there. They did. They stabbed us a bunch. Yep. It's the sneak attack, man. It is the sneak attack for sure. <laughs> It turns out having rogues that can charge and get five attacks is uh, oh. is rough. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if we die, we all come back as Moftet. Ooh. The all Moftet <laughs> party. Yeah. Rahi comes in with, you know, the uh, newly healed friend, and then she's got a pet cat. And <laughs> I was thinking I come back as a druid who's secretly been hanging out as a scorpion inside of Narmer, and I'm just Stinger Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn into oh a person, and I'm like, oh, well. I guess I have to do this adventuring thing now. <laughs> wow. That would, that would be a twist. You're like, oh, and I, 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 I got to come out of retirement for this, too. I've been retired as a scorpion. Yeah. Every day, every night, you know, when armor's not looking, I sneak away and become a person again, and then I cast Wild Shape again, and I hide some more. Either that or we just, like, combine all of the uh, the people you've met up until this point to that whole Desert Alliance thing. So one <laughs> yeah. of you is a Moftet, one's a Catfolk, one's a Three Ray, and one's a uh, or we get the B Desert team. Giant. Dibs on Gear to Lilu. <laughs> I want to be a Gear to Lilu. That sounds fun. That is or Gear to Lilu, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the party had made their way from the Hall of Honor and had entered into the Hall of Sky. Which one's cool. Yep. Except for the contents of the, of the room. Know. Kind of continued along the theme of the riddles that you had earlier, since uh, you'd already had the the bee riddle and the cat riddle, which just kind of works for the Moftet as well. Mm. And then you uh, you went from day to night as you entered into, in essence, the Chamber of Night and Stars here, yep. wherein you had been confronted by the leader of the Moftet cultists, Usarib the Betrayer. Not a good guy. Mm-mm. I don't like him. You guys had a, a little banter back and forth. Yeah, and he's all like, the desert doesn't like weak people. And then the he got stuck in weakness. ice and was like, ah, save me. It was very good. It was very funny that he immediately was like, save me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't be bothered to free myself from this. I need you to do it. Yeah. I can't waste a standard action that I could be hitting the party with slay living. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Hey, but you know what? He didn't slay me. It's true. A fight had then ensued, at which point... Uh, the we're, party. we're still ensued. It's still oh, yeah, ensued. we're still in the middle of it now. <laughs> Wherein the party had uh, split themselves. It's bad. In essence, due to the sheer size of this room, which I think I mentioned at the beginning of the last episode, but it is 120 feet from the door to the far wall. It is a very large chamber mm-hmm. uh, with an awkward, difficult terrain circle in the very center of it. As such... Citra and Masika had rushed to the fore, Citra trying to get in there, and I think Citra flanking out right, hoping Sudi was going to flank out left, and they yeah. kept in initiative a, was in too a low. maneuver. That, that has been our typical plan of action. Yeah. yeah. I think in the future, maybe we don't split ourselves this far apart. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of part of our problem right now. 
So Sudi having taking a beaten, having hit zero hit points for oh. a round last turn. Yep. As First he time stood there doing time. the Mortal Kombat waiver back and forth. At uh, least nobody's chanting, finish him. Finish him. From the well, sky. I'm sure Usurib is, but no, he's too busy over there getting poked. You know Usurib would death kneel you with half a thought. Oh, easily, yes. <laughs> he's ready. Yeah, so we, we kind of left off after this, uh, this harrowing fight, midway through this harrowing fight. I suppose we'll just jump back into things, shall we? Yeah. I remember Step bad things back were into happening. the fight. Uh, yeah, because the, the Moftet's attacking me. Let me cue up a little oh, combat yeah. music. Sirenscape. Two episode encounters. So, uh, yeah, as we left off, Citra and Masika are flanking Usuriv on the far end of the chamber in the, uh, the shadow of the Sightless Sphinx statue inside of the Sightless Sphinx. Although the... Moftet that you'd faced whenever you'd entered into the initial chamber with a Bodox is also over there getting ready to, to help out in the fight. Uh, about halfway, a little bit less than halfway back between Masika, who is uh, closer to the front of the chamber than Citra, is Hollis, who's about 30 feet away from her. And then another 20 feet beyond Hollis is Sudi, who's uh, standing enlarged, fighting shoulder to calf at that point with uh, Lady Sophronia. One <laughs> of the two Moftet who had launched themselves over there and started stabbing the crap out of Sudi is down, bleeding out, but not dead. The other one, whose turn it is, had spun her twin scimitars and stepped up against Sudi, who I believe had been brought up from zero hit points by a single lay on hands that was meh. Well, it is so it yeah, is. I guess let's yeah. go ahead and just get things started. So let's go. DR5, baby. Not dead yet. Maybe about to be, depending on how many of these land. All right. Starting out strong. Oh, no. Boo. So 36. Ah. Oh, yeah. That is a threat. God. If I come back, I'm playing a mystery or, or, or a dual cursed oracle so I can <laughs> misfortune everybody in the world. Well, so that's a 94 to get through the uh, percentile for your critical immunity, immunity. criticals. Yeah. However, I only got a 24 for my confirmation. Oh, so okay. no. So it does not critical. Does stab Sudi for nine points of damage. Ow. Okay. Second attack. Follows that up with a 21. No. Third attack. That's an 18. No. Fourth attack. That is a 28. No. Aha. Fifth attack. That is a, that's a really good roll, but that's only a 26. No. Ha oh. <gasps> So, yeah, oh. dives to the fore as Sudi spins, crouching down. One of the blades manages to slip in and nick you just under your right kneecap as you feel pain shoot up through your leg. Good news, guys. I've got DR5 now, so that didn't hurt nearly as bad as it could have. <laughs> <laughs> but spins and continues the assault. So, brings us to the other Moftet, who will... Because Blue Moftet, I believe, is on the ground. Yeah, yeah Blue Moftet. Blue Moftet got real quick, uh, <laughs> And... <laughs> The bleeding out Moftet has failed to stabilize. Good. So, uh, 32 to beat Masika's combat maneuver defense. Oh, no. Um, uh, uh -oh. yes. The other Moftet tumbles. Ah, uh, no. Spins uh, past oh, and then stabs crud. at Masika, now flanking with Usurip. Eeks. 34. Yep. That is a threat. No! Oh, boy. I uh, don't think that's going to do it. Uh, 26. Nope. Fails to confirm. They just can't seem to get that confirmation off on these criticals. I, boo I, for them. Yeah, boo. Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> uh, still rolls around and stabs forward, stabbing Masika for 25 points of damage Ow. as the blade slices oh, into boy. your back and skewers through the side of your kidney. 
you need that. Uh, Just don't hit looking, the liver. Masika? The kidneys yeah. you can heal. <laughs> oh boy. Your bag pops open. There's a flipper that just comes out and slaps her. Band-aid. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Send me in, Mashika. I'll take him. From the cultus. He was surprised at the mechanical catfish. Actually, I don't think so, because I think Norma was spitting in the last fight, and she was actually in that fight. True. We go to Lady Sophronia. Uh, Sudi will just look, da- look down at her and, like, gesture at the Moftet, like, get him. <laughs> Which one? There's, there's like, three. Well, the one that it, we're engaged oh, that's right with, there. <laughs> the one that's still stabbing. Yes, yeah. the one that is slowly killing me. Killing me softly with her scimitar. Definitely not softly. This is killing me hardly. <laughs> She's going to be greatly left. I wouldn't waste a smite necessarily. I don't know. Actually, maybe. Yeah, she'll dive to the four because there's still a Glabrazoo that you have no idea where it is, as well as a Vrock that you have no idea where it is. Yeah. Capable of teleportation at will. Woo! Yeah, she'll launch herself to the attack. Uh, stabbing out with a 29, which will strike her target. Slicing into her foe for nine points of damage. Second attack. Rolls a 19, getting a 34, which is a hit threat. Ooh, critical, please. Come on, little Sophronia. Rolls that up with a 12 for 27, which is a confirmed critical. Yay! Yay, somebody can confirm. (laughs) Max damage. Yes! Uh, 30 points of damage as her blade slices back around and through. Nice. I was about to comment half a second ago that I was like, that's the problem with paladins is they don't really do a lot of damage when they're not smiting. Like, it's still critical, though. Especially when they're wielding... Oh, no, she has a longsword. So she follows that up, rolling another 19 for 29, which will hit threat. Hey! She mad. No, that's uh, 18. That will not confirm. Oh, dang. Boo. Still manages to backswing around for another 12 points of damage as she continues to dive to the four. Definitely not uninjured now. Good. (laughs) She will five-foot step forward. From Lady Sophronia we go to... Sudikantar. That really couple good hits from Sophronia kind of changed my calculus. Um, Sudi will step into the flank with Sophronia around the uh, the Moftet. Okay. Um, and bear down upon her, uh, flurry of blowsing, and I'm going to do a stunning fist on the first attack, see if I can't stun her by myself. All around. right. So Sudi slides to the side. <sighs> you got to be kidding me. Still badly injured. All right, so that is a two, <laughs> which is a 20, but that's still not going to cut the mustard. You are flanking. That's with the flank. <laughs> oh. Wait, no, I'm big. Um, wait, no chaotic. bigness. And she's chaotic. Wait, no, 21. Okay, plus. You don't get any bonus except for, for damage for Oxiomatic. You're thinking Bane. Bane gives you a plus two to hit and damage and then 2d6 extra, but Holy only gives you the plus two or the plus 2d6. Okay. Like holy anyway. oxiomatic things like that. Okay, so that's 23. 23 will strike your target as you slide to the side and oh, lash gosh. out. Oh my goodness gracious. You have a plus 19. That's good. Yeah, when stuff. I'm big. That is their only real weakness, is their AC is not really much uh, to write home. So that about. is 19 good. points of damage. And a I'm going to need her to hit. go ahead and make me a fortitude save. Let's see. Fail. She gets a 20. Failure! She is <laughs> stunned. So you reach around, backhander, hitting her with enough force to cause her to stumble. Scimitar's dropping from her numbed fingertips. Ah, take that. Yeah, rogues don't do as well when they don't have a flank. <laughs> when they're st- yeah, stunned is bad for rogues. <laughs> and also not flanking. I think you still have more attacks, don't you? I do have multiple attacks. Here we go. <laughs> Part two. 
All right, much better. That is a 15, which is a 36. 36 will strike your target. Eight is 14, 22 points of damage. 22 points of damage. We'll do a third, the third attack. still stands. Attack the third. Ah, probably not. So that is, in, that's a nine for a 25. Actually, I think that will hit. Mm-hmm. A 25 will strike your target. Hey! That is 22 points of damage. And she falls as you crack <laughs> into her side and she drops to the ground. Oh, I made it, guys! And then suddenly he drops to one knee like, oh my god. <laughs> but she falls hitting the earth as Sophronia nods up towards you, turning back in the direction of, uh, well, this fight's still going on in the far side of the room. Yep. yep. Now with Masika flanked by a rogue. Bring us from there to Hollis Starkweather. Well, Hollis, Hollis is happy about Sudi not being dead, so Hollis is going to tiptoe <laughs> her way around the pit of pillows. <laughs> and right. The, pit of the pillows. dread pit of pillows. The yep, she tiptoes around, and then she uh, she's going to point a finger at uh, Usarib and right. disintegrate a, a fool. So let me... Ooh, oh. big right. hit. I'm real tired well, of this We guy. brought out the big guns on this one. Minus four firing into melee. Yep. <laughs> I rolled good. Okay. Math. So I'm going to point out that uh, on the opposite side of things, in most games that I have played with Jessica, she has managed to survive so many disintegrates that I don't think is, is statistically supposed it's to be possible. It's at least three. She's survived at least three. Yes. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> um. Oh, man, that messed up my whole math that just happened. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was trying to entertain people while you were doing math. Doesn't it matter if he saves or not? Tom, yeah, she has to you? hit him first. Oh, right. So you chant in tone. I rolled a point. 17 on the die, uh, which gets me a 27, but minus four is a 23 to hit his touch attack or his touch AC. A green ray lances from your fingertip and strikes your target. There's that Star Trek uh, original series flashing light as you see a skeleton for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This is right. He gets a. Come on, fail it. This is on the fence. 22. Hi, fails. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! This one weakness is fortitude saves. <laughs> Finally found that weakness. Uh, it's a 23. What's the DC? <laughs> oh, um, wow. Nice. Oh, my gosh. He came close. Oh, That's man. the same Damage DC him. that my Slay Living was because he made a 26. So, like I said, he was he almost failed that one, with that too. 24 D6. Oh. oh, my gosh. Do you hear that sound the of lovely dice? sound it's of so death. so wonderful. Poor Usarib. This is why I'm no, like, why do people want to switch to electric, electronic dice stuff? Like, you don't hear that joyful noise when you roll so many. And Jessica usually has pretty good luck with the D6s. Uh-huh. All right, so that's 50. Now let me roll all 12 again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that's right. It is 24 D6 for this, isn't it? Come yep. on, break 100. Who? I'm I didn't realize sure it you... turned around very quickly. Yeah. It, yeah, really. And he took decent damage from my sleigh living, too. So. Plus 30, 80 points of damage. Hollis essentially Ooh, goes, you know what the desert does lack? Sand. <laughs> Your ray slices into him. The man doubles over, stumbling back 
before his gaze raises back up towards Hollis as he bears his teeth in a growling roar. Boo. He survived? Boo He's him. still standing. Holy crap. Boo him and his hit points. Hollis is like, I got another one of those. Because <laughs> these other ones have hit points, so that means he must have points. Most monsters get a D10 for their racial hit die. So That brings us to Usurip. Also, I got him real mad Uh-oh. at me now, y'all. You have one image left. I got an image. <laughs> I got an image. <laughs> I'm confident in my image. I got an image. I got an Magic image. Magic will I save me. Image. <laughs> if I die, it better be by a spell, so I guess it'll be okay. You will. Just go dive into the pillows and hide. <laughs> uh, that'd, be too, that'd be too nice. Uh, I didn't have any movement left. All right. Uh oh. What's he gonna do? Summon his devil friend. It'll take a five foot step. I sliding. follow. Right. Um, I'm just gonna move to uh, his side. That way, Masika can step into the flank. Okay. If she needs to. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's gonna step into the flank to help you. Yeah. The rest of the party can join you soon. That immediately makes him reconsider his spell now. <laughs> hey, I'm so not, not getting anymore. away from me that easy. Hey, that's good too. That's also an improvement. I made him real mad. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I mean, you just did like an ungodly amount of damage to him. Sudi's way the heck over there. He's not going to worry yes. about Sudi or Sophronia. Good. Don't worry about Sudi. I'm very hurt. Um, <laughs> you know, he really only has one play at this point because he can't blast off any of his powerful attack spells. So he'll cast an offensive. Perfect 20, which is way more than he needed for that. Well, boo. You know what? Waste that 20 on that. That's fine. I don't like how many dice are being rolled. So Chance and Tones calls upon the power of Reshkigal. A pulse of greenish-black light engulfs Uh-oh. him and heals him uh, as he's uh. restored back up. Not oh, he heals full, himself. but up uh, uh, quite a bit. Dang it. As some of the uh, the big swath of his uh, his chest. Again, you could see muscle and some ribs from the impact of that disintegrate. Use <laughs> a rib. The skin patches back over. <laughs> Usa rib. Let's yep. some Usa rib. Uh, he'll then spin his sickle and take us to Masika. Get him, Masika. Masika doesn't really have many spells left um, that are going to do much of anything. Crap. Is the, um, I almost called her Gears of Lee Blue. Is the Moftet next to me injured at all? I think so. Yeah, she's, uh, one, she was already a little fight, bit right? injured from the earlier fight, and two, I think Hollis Lightning? hit her with something. Something. Okay. I don't know. She's been hit multiple times. I just can't remember from what. Things. All right, I am going to take a five-foot step, so I'm flanking with Citra. Okay. They unfortunately don't have step up. Great. I guess I'm going to try to whap Usarib with my mace, because that's about all I got for attacks right now. <laughs> okay. Hey, providing the flank is benefit enough. I roll an 18. That's a that's a 29 to hit Usarib. A 29 will hit your target as you step hey. forward and swing. He can have eight damage. <laughs> a crushing hit. Ow! <laughs> He's probably like, what, what, what? I roll another right. 18. Which well, gets before me that. Tw- oh. Wait. Uh-oh, what? I don't know. What Opportunist! Oh! <laughs> Why are you staring over at me? This is really creepy. What did I do? Opportunist goes off and Citra will take that attack. I figure you wanted to use your cool new ability. Yes. 
I'm still getting remembering that I have it, uh, but I'm probably not gonna get to because apparently I can't roll when it matters. I only rolled a three, which is a 19 plus the flank, which is 21. A 21 will not hit your target. Yeah. Boo. Your sword will then use an immediate action. Uh-uh. Uh, what? Uh, as his form blinks and then reappears five feet away. Hey now. Weird. What sorcery is this? Can I know what that was? Um, it seemed magical. Uh, yeah, go ahead and make me an alt religion. Oh. What the heck was that? I did read a whole bunch about this guy's religion recently. I rolled 10 for a 32. Yeah, you think it's somehow related to quite possibly the deception domain? Mm. Associated with the trickery domain, it's the deception subdomain that lets you uh, teleport up to 10 feet uh, as an immediate action after you're missed by a melee attack. Oh, neat. Wow. It's actually pretty cool. That's wow. pretty rad, tucking that away That's... for later. Okay, yeah, wow, holy cow. Uh, the the only thing is, is uh, it does require that the space that you teleport to is still within reach of the creature that attacked you. Ah, uh, okay. Masika gets a 24 to whap him again. A 24 will not strike your target. All right. Narmer is going to try to do a greater dirty trick on Usarib. He's going to hop out and grab this guy's pharaonic headdress and pull it down into his face so he can't see. <laughs> All right. Since Narmer is a tiny-sized creature, he'll have to enter Usarib's square, which means he'll provoke an attack of opportunity. All righty. Usarib will take said attack of opportunity. Uh, he rolls poorly. That's still a 23. Nope, Narmer's good. Yay! Narmer <laughs> rolls a 15 and has a 10 for his combat maneuver bonus, which gets him a 25. Then he gets plus four from his improved dirty trick and greater dirty trick. So he gets a 29 to overcome Usarib's combat maneuver defense. A 29 will not succeed. Aww. Oh, Narmer. Oof. If we've established anything, I think, with these guys is they have crazy combat maneuver defense. Well, I thought maybe yeah. since he was a rogue, uh, and not a, a rogue, but a cleric, it might not be as There's good. There's a maybe, yeah. Well, clerics and rogues have the same base attack. Well, oh, boom. Yeah. But, I mean, not he, his dexterity might not be as high as theirs or something. I thought it was worth a shot. Yep, Norma launches himself forward, tries to grab onto his uh, his headdress. Eh, eh. Oh, man, this is really well fitted. <laughs> This is Taylor. Um, you killed her probably, Norma. The desert cannot abide Taylors. <laughs> so Norma launches himself forward, taking us from Masika, who is uh, in a very dangerous situation here in a second. <laughs> yeah, she is. To Citra. Citra is going to tumble into the flank. All right. He did already take an attack of opportunity, so maybe it'll be okay. Eh, hopefully. Okay, well, that was the other end of the spectrum, thankfully. Uh, not a three. <laughs> Depends on whether or not he went to the same combat reflexes training course as the rest of the rogues here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, I roll a 17, which gets me a 45. A 45 will definitely succeed, though. Okay. As good as his combat maneuver defense is, it is not 46 good. <laughs> yeah, so he can suck it. Oh, he can suck it even more. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> A 19, which gets me a 37 to hit him. A 37 will strike your target. That's I believe a threat. hit threat roll to confirm. I rolled a pretty crit 15. Probably want to 33 to confirm. Yeah. I was gonna say, you probably want to confirm considering uh, I don't know if Masika can survive a potentially five sneak attacks. Yeah, that will confirm your critical hit. Hey. 
get him. Okay, I'm but will him. it kill him? But will we don't it kill know. him? That's the question. I could definitely see what Heather was going for there with a trying to blind him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. As Citra dives forward, rolls into the flank, springs back up, blade crackling with electricity as she plunges it forward into Usarib's now exposed rib. Usarib. Um, I do uh, 44 points of regular damage and two points of electricity damage. Your blade slices up and in, skewering through the side of his lung as you wrench it back free. He sputters up blood and falls. Yay! Why you don't abandon your people. You tell him. As he lays bleeding out on the ground. She's going to look up at the other one and be like, you too, or would you rather make amends for all this? She lets out a roar of rage. Seems like no. Spinning her blades and diving forward towards, uh, well, Masika's the closest as she starts to slice her way towards Citra. What did I do? Masika You're literally in the way. <laughs> you are literally in I the way. I only cast a slay living <laughs> on him. <laughs> it's not like I disintegrated him or stabbed him in the lung. It's true. It's true. Uh, steps forward, spins her blades, and swings. Uh, first swing is 25. Nope. Follows that with a 33. Yeah, it'll hit. Threat. Mm. 28 to confirm. Nope. Fails to confirm. Still strikes home for 12 points of damage. And now that's that's like a 16. That's not going to hit. That is, however, a 31. That'll hit. For the fourth swing, that's a threat. However, that's only a 19 to confirm. Nope. Man, these guys. For 11 more points of damage, as the blade slices back around, fifth swing, natural one. Sweet. How close did I come to killing you, Heather? I'm at 18. Ooh, boy! (laughs) You seem awfully cavalier for being so close to death. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. I mean, I have healing magic, and she's the only one still up, and everybody else's turns are after this. I'm not, A Vrock teleports into the room. (laughs) I... With, Am with I a, about with, to throw something at you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's yeah, also a Glabrazoo somewhere. I'm just saying the battle is not at such a point right now that I'm like, oh god, there's seven more enemies. You know what that's called? That's called jinxing. You really need to just... Like, We have seen this happen to Sudi how many times? It's true. That brings us to Lady Sophronia. Get him, lady. Who charges. Flying over the difficult terrain as she glides her way forward, <laughs> spinning her long sword and diving to the attack against the remaining cultist. Uh, 28 will hit, stabbing home for 13 points of damage as she launches herself against the next cultist. Still stands. From Sophronia, we go to Sudikantar. Curse the size of this room. I can't get to her without double moving, so I'm going to have to go around the pit of the pillow pit. of difficult, pillow difficultly pit. arranged pillows. It's like at uh, ASI, you know, when you got to swing on the rope and land in the big styrofoam pit. ASI is a gymnastics place. Oh, okay. I was like, what does ASI mean? I've never heard of it. I have no Uh, idea. Really? Oh. I've heard of places that have like. I know places like that. I just was like, (laughs) ASI doesn't mean anything. ASI gymnastics is just a pretty common place Ah. to do gymnastics in Texas. So. For all of our international listeners. (laughs) That's why I provided. Sorry, I went there. I'm going to double move, get behind Sophronia, and uh, 
Provide the flank to Masika, I suppose. <laughs> I was going to say that, or you could go comfort the bee baby. There's still a cultist up. I was going to say, there's still danger here. We'll, we'll comfort bee baby after. You could have come around the other side the and been next to Masika so she could have booped you. Yeah. Nope. Not worried about that right now. Worried about getting Also, this it thing sounds down. like Heather's going to be booping herself first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> From Sudi, Hollis Starkweather. Is no longer inclined to use her disintegrate on that cultist. No. It's fair. Hollis is gonna double move over here up next to Citra. I'm gonna start digging in her bag soon, but uh, I had to double move over there. So. Well, remember I have a handy haversack, so. Well, yeah, but I I moved. Still twice. double move to get over there. I know, but I mean, like, it's not like it, it'll it'll come to you. <laughs> yeah, I just like to pillage in your bag all the time for wands. <laughs> it's like you're my little pack horse. <laughs> She's your mount. <laughs> I'm taller than her. That gets odd. Yeah. All right. I guess I could get the bee baby next turn. Now we'll see where we're at. I feel a little bad that we just came in here and like murdered these folk in front of the poor child. Well, you know what, baby? What is the bee baby doing, by the way? Probably hiding. Yeah, just Probably hiding crying. behind the leg, watching in some curiosity. All right, well. Okay, this baby's seen some stuff already. Let's just be, I mean, let's obviously just, let's just acknowledge this baby that. Like, has seen some uh, everybody stuff. take a millisecond to acknowledge the fact that this kid has seen some stuff. So we, so we should just add to the trauma? Here's what we do. We take the bee baby. We sleep in the teleportation room. We teleport the bee baby back to the bee baby's house. We rest with the bees. And then we teleport oh. back. We can't happy. teleport back into that room. Somebody has to be on the outside to hold I it I have open. an immovable rod. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That hopefully no one comes and takes. I'll prepare two teleports just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, howdy. Our Masika plans, y'all. Of the beckon. Just saying. Uh, oh, Lord, it's already my turn. You're okay. Safe. I really don't have much left besides that dismissal I'm saving for the Glabber suit. <laughs> we are not fighting a Glabber suit today. <laughs> I think you should just step back. Yeah, I'm going to take a five foot step. Heal thyself, right. priest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am going to cast my last cure critical wounds because, ouch, my face or my kidneys or whatever. Pretty much everything. So, what, 35? Alrighty. You tell me. Yes, 35. Uh, What do you want Narmer to do? I'm just standing on a dead body over here. You know what? Narmer's going to fly over to the bee baby and just kind of okay. sit down next to her. <laughs> Hello, fellow tiny-sized creature. <laughs> Do you like mimery? Look this way. Stop looking at all the murder happening. Yes. Yep. Look at me. Baby. You want to see my scorpion? <laughs> yeah. It stings them. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> That's how it shows its affection. Secretly, it's a druid. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's a backup character in there, Singer Jr. <laughs> <laughs> when it pinches you, it's like it's hugging you. <laughs> From Masika, we go to Citra. Citra is going to move around Usurib's body into the flank with Lady Sophronia and attack, since this lady is obviously not going to give up. Citra gave her an opportunity that was very serenrayed over. It's true. Yeah, get, it's on, true. get on you. All right. Well, Redeem her through the sword now. Yeah, definitely redeeming her through the sword, because uh, I rolled a 16, which gets me a 34, which is a threat. A 34 will hit threat. Roll to confirm as Citra rushes around Usurib's fallen form, dives to the attack. I do not think a 20 will confirm, though. A 20 will, however, not confirm. Yeah, well, I'm still Ooh. flanking, so this is still going to hurt. That's fair. 
That is 35 points of regular damage and two points of electricity. 35 regular, two electricity. Your opponent still stands as you wrench your blade free, screams in pain, bringing us to her as she turns her attention fully on Citra. Uh Uh-oh. Screams out and attacks. Boy, howdy. Maybe I'll give her a rage bonus, too. I'm just joking. I was supposed to say, is she a barbarian rogue? That'd be weird. First attack, swings out with a 33. That'll hit. That is a threat. 28 to confirm. Nope. That's fine. Uh, Slices (laughs) you for seven points of damage. Second attack, yeah, 32. Yeah. That is a threat. Oh, I think that might have done it, though. 35. Yeah. Boo. Striking you for 22 points of damage as her blade knifes in, slices into you. Oh, crap, they do have pores out from you. Oh, yeah. She slices deep into your side. So Citra is bleeding, although this tracks on your turn. Uh oh. Third attack, 26, I don't think will hit. Fourth attack, natural one will not hit. Good. Nope. Fifth attack, ooh, that's a good roll, but that's still only a 26. Nope. And she took a five foot step to the side. She's still flanked. Closer to the bee baby. Oh, heck no. Oh, heck no. Brings us to Sophronia, who steps forward, spins, and stabs. Lashing out with a 30, which will strike her target. Her blade cutting home for 15 points of damage. As she rams her sword into the woman's side before wrenching it back free, the woman topples, hitting the ground. Nice. Sophronia looking down somewhat sadly and simply nodding. I believe the threat has passed. Uh, this, uh, this wound does not, uh, seem to be stopping. Sudi Kantar. Uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sudi doesn't have any ability to heal whatsoever. Put the bee baby in your pocket. Do not <laughs> put the bee baby in your pocket. <laughs> My pocket? You're big. I won't be forever. Okay, crud. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, uh, go over and make a heal check and see if I can stop the bleeding. Put your big old paw on it. I'm going to put my big old paw on that wound. But like gentle. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I roll an 11 for a 16. That will successfully staunch the bleeding as you hey, step forward, kind of grabbing nice. onto Citra's side with your blood kind of pours around your, your fingertips as you're like, man, that's a lot of blood. I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> should really invest in some living <laughs> monolith levels. <laughs> and I suppose after a moment, things quiet. You stand here surrounded by four dead bodies. Narmer is off to the side doing a little pantomime thing to the, you know, confused expression of this bee toddler. <laughs> Citra, Sudi, and Masika, I think, all I'm badly effed up over injured. here. Uh, yep, 13 hit points. Masika's better-ish. She's about at half now. The rest of uh, us, though, not so yeah, much. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm down about half my hit points. <laughs> I'm a little over half, so I think I might be the best, uh, except for maybe Masika. I'm obviously the worst after not having any gotten any healing, so I'm pretty messed Sophronia up. Sophronia moves from one body to the next, offering them final rites before ensuring that they are dead as she leans down on her sword on each of them. Hollis is going to, I guess, head over to the bee baby and be like, hey there, baby. Uh, you ready to go home? Baby. <laughs> the child looks up towards you. And bites me. Ow! <laughs> uh, go ahead and make me an old local. I will. Can we all make that or just her? Uh, feasibly, any of you that are going over there. I didn't know if 
Well, Masika's I, maybe doling out some healing first. Yeah, I was, that was the only reason I hadn't gone over there yet, because I figure if... Well, if I mean, Masika's out of, go, literally out of spells, so I was going to actually search and see if the Moftet had anything, since he was an evil cleric. Maybe he had some healing stuff. True. I roll a six for a 14, and if um, Sugar pops out and helps me, which she does, uh, it will be a 22. Uh, I rolled a 17 for a 35. Okay. So, Hollis, pulling a chicken out of your bag to consult. <laughs> Sitra kind of stepping over Masika, beginning to loot the corpses, looking for any potions. Uh, Sudi, what are you doing in the meantime? Um, I guess I'll be collecting all of the weaponry and watching the door to make sure we don't get uh, a Glabrazoo up the bum. Keeping an eye out for this <laughs> Glabrazoo. Hollis, Sitra, looking, be- I guess, looking over the child, looking between one another, you can tell one thing for certain. This is not technically a larva anymore. You believe it's actually it is uh, it has exited its larval stage into its pupa stage. Is that a bad thing? Does that mean she's done now? She's corrupted? Like a banana that's gotten too ripe? I don't think that's how it works. Okay, I don't know. The good thing about that is it's capable of awareness now. Uh, it also won't burrow beneath your skin, oh, which uh, three ray wow. larvae can do too. Huh. <laughs> that's a little terrifying. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, they burrow beneath your skin and deal uh, 1d2 points of constitution damage and cause you to fall asleep. Huh. Because apparently they generate the same like weird pheromones, except for in their cases they make you sleep. Huh. Wowzers. You from the inside? Yep. Little chestburster action afterwards. I suppose reaching down, again, it's a uh, it looks like a child of maybe two, huh. possibly. Dark black hair falling in little ringlets around its head bright eyes that stare up at you with some curiosity. It's still surprisingly there's not an easy way to phrase this so much as just saying elegant even for a creature there's an almost etheric nature to it again like the other three ray where there's something odd about its movement seeming almost unnaturally graceful and this is coming from an elf although you are a gangly elf Hey I'm still dexterous AF It's true. It stares up at you with some curiosity. Oh I wonder if it speaks it do looks you understand little. us? It just stares between the two of you. I do the, uh, like, you put your hands out, like, I'm going to pick you up. You want to be picked up? And little kids usually put their arms up. That thing. That's what I'm doing. Eh? Want <laughs> me to pick you up? Go ahead and make me a diplomacy check. I have good diplomacy. Can I aid? Sure. Okay. I rolled a 10, which is middling, for a 25. Well, I aid you for show. So 27. 27? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You make your way up towards it. Kind of extend your arms out. Uh, also, go ahead and, uh, I guess, both of you, since you're aiding another, make me a will save. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure I am feeling sleepy. Let's see. That is a um, four for a 14. I, I rolled, rolled a 17 for a 26. Good. So, yeah. I mean, both of you make your way forward. You both feel a little drowsy. Mm. As you reach out your arms, she reaches her arms back up into the air. Her tiny little bee wings begin to buzz a little bit, which makes you feel even a little bit more drowsy as there's just this mm. soft droning sound in the background. I pick up the baby. Yep. I guess and noticing kind of that, Sudi will walk over back and search the rest of that statue to see if there's anything that, like, I don't know, a toy or something that she's looking for. Very well. Well, real quick, let me take care of uh, Masika, actually. So, um... Well, I, let me go ahead and take care of Masika and Sudi both and go ahead and give you the uh, the gear that you find off these bodies. Sweet. Uh, searching the bodies, you find the following. Masika, what do you get taking 10 on a spellcraft? Uh, 26. 26. All right. 
So searching them, you find the following. On the cultists of Ereshkigal, you find a total in here of six masterwork scimitars. Out of curiosity, did you guys loot the bodies in the hallway outside? No, no we, we didn't, didn't have, time. have time. Okay. That's right. You're just like, we'll come back for them. Yep. So I'll assume that uh, Sudi goes out and collects. Uh, I'm going to assume that we you guys will, will collect that on the way out. We will and collect all of them because this is a dead end anyway. So here, I'll give you all of those also. Because I assume so they're all geared the same. They're all geared the exact same. Yeah. So you find, let's believe that's seven of them in total. So you find 14 masterwork scimitars. Okay. Start your own scimitar emporium. True. Scimitarium. You find seven uh, unholy symbols of Rushkigal. Mm. Don't care about those. In the trash. Searching Usarib, you find two potions of cure serious wounds. Oh, hey, there cool. we go. Drinking those. Two plus one sickles. One malleable symbol. That's weird. What? What is that? A malleable holy symbol is undistinguishable metal lump that has no powers in its default state. By ah. concentrating on it for one minute, a creature who worships a deity may transform it to the masterwork holy symbol of that deity. Huh. Whenever this holy symbol is used as a focus for channeled energy, as a free action, the bearer can alter the channeled energy effect for one of the following options. You can make a 10-foot burst centered anywhere within 30 feet, That's a 60-foot line, or a 30-foot cone. That's actually pretty That's cool. That's really cool. That's nifty. Uh, it takes up no slot. What? No slot. Uh, then Masika will take that since she's the only one that can channel. Yeah? Yeah. That'd oh, be nice. helpful. Uh, it Makes is worth 10,000 gold. Ooh. Holy cow. Maybe I won't. We'll see how much loot we have out of here. <laughs> well, you wear it okay, for now. Well, maybe not do that. <laughs> well, for now. Still, being able to do a 30-foot cone of channel is pretty cool. Yeah. Or a 60-foot line. line of channel. Mm-hmm. Everyone really line up. Okay. <laughs> he also has a ring of protection plus two. 250 gold worth of crushed jade and 50 gold worth of diamond dust. Put that in the med kit. So does anybody want that ring of protection plus two? I already have one. I have to see what I've got. I've already got a plus three, so I'm good. Citra's taking that. (laughs) Hello, 30 armor class. Yeah. That's right, because you poured all of your money into uh, upgrading your weapons this last time. Yep. So two potions of cure serious wounds, you say? Uh, yes. Two potions of cure serious wounds. I'm going to so go ahead and just drink, drink that immediately. All right, pause for healing. If you so wish to search the room, uh, there are no toys or anything like that for the um, the bee baby. Mm. Although there is a blanket in the pile of pillows that she reaches out for whenever Hollis is kind of bouncing around and taking her about. All right, Hollis gets her a blanket and uh, I'll detect magic and kind of look around. Detecting magic? That only takes one hand. <laughs> when a deity do the uh, three ray follow? Hylax. No, oh, makes a lot of sense. I'm going to pull off my holy symbol of Kalistra and kind of dangle it and see if she recognizes it at all. She reaches out for it. She just wants everything. Now, is she young enough to swallow this and choke? Well, how big is it? I don't know. It's probably like that big. It, does, it has a negligible weight. So, I mean, it's, so, it's probably yes. a decent size. I would say it's probably a good two or three inches across. Well, now you offered it to her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I don't think Rick is going to let us accidentally oh, she, she kill she a child with negligence on this show. Like, yeah, that seems very bad. Keep, keep an eye on her. Don't let her swallow it. But this way, she's got something to hold on to. All right. Straight into the mouth. Well, that's fine. Teeth as long as she doesn't put, like, <laughs> if it doesn't fit into her, like, as long as she, she can chew on it. She she cannot. She does not have, like, larvae mandible <laughs> mouth or anything like that. Yeah. She can't. So she's fine. It's like a binky. Yeah, they don't have a bite attack or anything like that. I imagine Hollis probably wraps her in the blanket, taking care to make sure to wrap the stinger portion of her so she doesn't sting you. Oh, yeah, I don't want to get stung. So now what do we do? There's magic in the pit of pillows. 
Oh, there's magic in this pit of pillows. I get into the pit carefully <laughs> and look around. Do you want to hand off the baby? I have one hand on the baby, one hand digging around. Searching the pit of pillows. Mm-hmm. You play with the, the pillows. It's like a fun fort time. Um, I, I can take the baby so you have both hands. No, I got it. She's fun. I like it. I could take the baby. You're no. the same size. Yeah, sure. I could. She could ride on my shoulders. I could be her mount. <laughs> I feel like Hollis yeah, is an elf. They don't see a lot of babies. They don't hang out with babies very often. That's so true. She's probably like, oh my God, baby. I know. It's like wild. <laughs> Takes so her weird. cowboy hat off, puts it on top of oh, it. Oh, it's so cute. And I search around with one hand like a mom, you know, where you got like seven other things going on. <laughs> Baby on one hip, chicken on the other. Uh, <laughs> chicken is probably on my shoulder if any, if she's not in her little pouch. Searching the pillow pit, you find the following. Uh, what do you get taking 10 on Spellcraft? Mm, a 32. Okay. You find a, uh, a fine dark wood wand thread with silver. Ooh, I found a wand. This is a wand of vision of hell. Ooh. Um, what? That Never mind. Sound it positive. sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's an illusion spell. You overlay a realistic illusion of terrifying hellscape upon an area. Structures, equipment, and the creatures within the area are not hidden, though in the environmental features do take on an infernal appearance. And while you are... Uh, Prepared for these images uh, and are not affected by them, any other creature within the area must make a will save or become shaken and also take a minus two penalty on saves versus fear effects. The fear and penalty persist as long as the creature remains in the area. How many charges does uh, it have? Devils and any lawful each evil creatures are suffer no negative effects from this spell. But Glabrazoo are not devils. They are that is true. chaotic. But evil. it will affect all of us except the cast. I'm just saying it would be hilarious. Oh no, I'm in hell. <laughs> the devils are gonna get me. I'm a Twelve demon. charges remaining. My goodness. Anyway, this goes in the in the cell pile, because like, what? That is the only magical thing. There are, however, other things in here. Yeah, sure. Let's spend some like time pillows. digging around in the pillow space. Is there a pillow that is the size of my uh familiar satchel that I could kind of line it with to like give sugar an upgrade? Uh, I'm going to say no, because there's a giant F-all egg in there, so I think she's basically out of room for putting anything else in that carrier. <laughs> well, there is the one here, so for the future, sure. Okay, cool. You find a silver bowl, almost a foot in diameter, engraved with hieroglyphs around its lip, extolling Sekhmet's glory. Oh, that's hey, cool. Sekhmet. Uh, it is worth 270 gold pieces. I'm surprised he kept that. There's also a matching silver pitcher, huh. uh, worth an additional 210 gold pieces. I wonder if he stole that from his father. Maybe. You find a uh, two pillowcases hmm. stuffed full of gold coins. Whoa. Uh, like 855 gold pieces in total. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Huh. You know, like you do. And then it, and it works as an improvised weapon. You can beat people down with that. <laughs> it's true. There is a lacquered wooden box. Hmm. Uh, it's a rather large one. Oh, there's a big box. Uh, opening it, uh, the entirety of the inside of this is lined with uh, crushed velvet padding. Uh, it is also inlaid with topazes arranged into the shape of a rising sun. Cool. The box itself is worth 120 gold pieces. Hmm. Upon opening it, the child wiggles in your hands, and I suppose you can set her down in her... Uh, you're going to guess this was her makeshift crib, because oh, you just so kind of okay. plop her down inside oh, of it. All right, I put her in the box. There are small holes that have been drilled into the top inside of this. Oh my gosh, that's what they Did carried they the baby to in. in what? The, oh my god. Oh. Until wow. until she molted, she kept trying to burrow beneath their skin. Give them a break. Jeez. That's fair, but ouch. 
Maybe don't kidnap larva babies. Masika kind of looks over at Usurip's corpse like, you... Wow, the other cult could have done it too. It's hard to tell. Oh my goodness gracious. You also find, digging around through the pillows here, a small bag containing 150 platinum pieces. Wow. Whoa. And a pouch with six small sapphires that are worth 200 gold pieces each. Uh, anyone that wishes to, actually, I think Hollis is the only one in the pit right now. Go ahead and make me a perception roll. Uh, Hollis rolls a 14 for a 26. You know, Hollis, you kind of dig around, especially when you're finding all this money, and I suppose start kind of like tossing pillows out, <laughs> searching around. Do you need help? I mean, sure. It's kind of fun. I put the baby in the box because she wanted to be in there. I didn't close the lid. <laughs> I guess Citra jumps in there with her. <laughs> Very well. Uh, it doesn't take you very much time to clear out. Uh, you do not find any further treasure as you empty out the pit. However, seemingly forgotten or just overlooked, you do find a small ceramic tile about six hey. inches on the side. Hey. Depicting a roaring sphinx. Masika has sat down next to the bee baby and is doing like miming with Narmer while they're digging through the pit. Okay. So right. yeah, I suppose she's kind of watching all this going on. And watching the door so that we don't get ambushed. Hey, I get a 22 on my perform comedy. This bee baby is entertained. <laughs> you know? The bee baby is entertained. I, I say we go find somewhere to hole up and rest. I agree. We can't do another fight like that. Not today. Don't jinx us. Also, we have officially passed two full pages in the loot book without selling anything. <laughs> that is two columns each. So much loot. I have never had this much loot in any adventure path and not sold it, so we need to go sell stuff, too. You need to start totaling it up so when we do get somewhere to sell, we're not sitting here for an hour while Jordan does bookkeeping. It's going to be more than an hour, y'all. <laughs> so much loot. Masika, you set off towards the side, doing a little pantomime pratfall thing with uh, Narmer to keep the child entertained. Who sits there and claps energetically as if watching a... I don't know what kids watch this day or these days. But TikTok, whatever. Like watching TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if parents let their two-year-olds watch TikTok. TikTok, but you'd be surprised. Uh, I was gonna well. say, come on now, they do. Hollis, you and Citra dig around through here. I suppose Hollis kind of popping up whenever she finds this tile as the you know, hey, final clue. Yeah. Sudi, you watch all of them. Watch towards the door. Cock your head. Oh no! Crud. Hear something. Crud. You turn to look back over your shoulder towards the rest of the group, and they're gone. What? Crap, because I have the mask on, it put me in a you vision. You stand in a spacious chamber. Crud. All of you look over to see Sudi suddenly stopped still, thousand yards stare. He's having another vision. Ah. Crud, I, I didn't think about the fact that if I have the mask on, it can just yank me whenever it wants. Mm -hmm. Yep. At least it had good timing and waited until after we had finished all of our looting and pillaging. Zero warning this time. I know. <laughs> well, wow. it's probably because you're so close to the other part. Yeah, it was mainly because I'm wearing it. Sudi, you turn, look back. As you look over the hall, where a few moments ago your friends were, instead you see a spacious chamber. The walls here are covered in beautiful decorations and hieroglyphs extolling the virtue and power of the pharaoh. Thick columns rise up to the ceiling some 50 feet overhead, and gossamer curtains hang between these pillars and the surrounding walls. Music plays from a band off towards one side, 
a single line from the door up to a set of steps ascending up to a platform remains open. An individual, one after the next, queue up to make their way to the platform that you are standing on. Next to you is a throne, and sitting upon this throne, the boy king, Hakatep. The man sits and watches the next arrival after the next. Standing at his right hand, Nahamra, leaning down to whisper comments as each person arrives, delivering offerings. Pledges of fealty from each new arrival, ranging from other nobles to a variety of other races, those who call Osirian home. Nahamra nods as a woman makes her way forward, bows deeply to him. This is Anmaka. Her family are respected, particularly in the south. It would do well to ally ourselves with them. The southern states have been uneasy recently. The woman, a girl maybe in her late teens, about the same age that Hakatep himself is, steps forward and bows deeply. My lord Hakatep, my pharaoh and god king, the people of the streets rejoice at your appointment. Hakatep nods, one foot placed up on his knee as he leans back in his throne. Your words are accepted. There's a slight tapping of his hand, reminiscence of your own time spent somewhat impatiently at gatherings or religious practices where you could be training, as opposed to just standing about as the priests or priestesses go about their business. That impatience of youth, of which you're of course still in. Yeah, boy. My family have long served at the behest of the throne, and I would pledge myself to you in service or marriage, if you would prefer. He looks down curiously. No, thank you. Service, service will suffice. The woman nods, doesn't seem to take too much offense to it, turns and begins to make her way over back towards her own people. Nahamra leans down. You cannot continue to reject every proposal, my lord. Of course I can, Nahamra. I am Pharaoh. The older man nods. You are correct in that. Another group of figures approach. These are the winners of the contests. The greatest warriors who have fought to see who may serve at your behest. Cool. Hakatep nods as these figures approach, standing to his feet. Duatseki. He gestures forward as a priestess of Set steps forward and bows. Harkofre. A sturdy dwarven warrior steps forward and bows deeply at the waist. Ifhen Kapri. Another figure steps forward, smiles and bows deeply. Neptutarwe. A powerful-looking woman bearing the facial tattoos of the desert people steps forward and bows. Sifruk Himmen. A man steps forward, an archer judging by the bow strapped to his back. And Tuthnereset. A man bedecked in robes carrying a thick tome at his side steps forward and bows. You have all proven yourselves capable warriors. And my time, I do not feel, will always be a peaceful time. Will you serve me? They all bow. We will serve you, our pharaoh, in this life and every life to come. They speak in unison. You shall be my Akumen, my royal guard, protecting me in this life and all the lives to come. 
They each bow and then step aside. The next figure to arrive is one that Sudi you immediately recognize. Uh-oh. Hakatep's older brother. A woman comes up alongside him. You're not positive, although judging by the fact that they stand abreast, you're going to guess of same station. So you suppose his wife? You're not positive the amount of time that has passed between your last vision and this. The brother seems to carry a cool smile on his face. This calm, collected demeanor that seems to be grossly different from the rage that you had seen when last you saw him. And if I remember right, he was sent... He was sent south to marry somebody for, like, a political alliance, right? Yes. A woman named, uh, Kementi Sepatra. So this could actually be Kementi Sepatra. The woman next to him looks to be probably either in the second or early third trimester of pregnancy. The man bows. The woman inclines her head, although, of course, being pregnant, it is somewhat difficult to bow. Dear brother, Harkatep stands up and descends down the six steps smiling and extending his arms as he embraces his brother. The man smiles as well, although none of it reaches his eyes. The older brother looks down. My pharaoh Hakatep, it is a pleasure to see you again. And you. Hakatep seems to consider this for a moment before ascending back up the steps, holding up a hand to quiet down the crowds. Heavy is the burden of the pharaoh, and few are those that the pharaoh can trust. He gestures down towards his brother, Itet is one I can trust above all others. Brother, I would offer you to control our southern borders and unite them to bring peace back to our southern lands. There is a murmur that goes up through the crowd. This deep furrow crosses Nahamra's brow. One part disapproval, one part surprise at possibly not being consulted on this. Yeah, that's a big ask. Okay. Itet's eyes dart for a second as if contemplating. You wish to send me back to the south. Akatep smiles. Yes, brother. It's an honor I bestow upon you. It's a get out of my hair and I don't have to worry about you at court honor. And if I'm lucky, you might actually even die. Hey. Can't have those political rivals who have a claim to the throne nearby. As you wish, brother. My wife also has a request of the throne. A murmur goes up through the crowd as well as the woman steps forward and inclines her head. My pharaoh, I have always been a loyal servant of Osirian. Hakatep's smile fades as he sits down. Yes, and you are married to blood of the pharaoh. And you carry the pharaoh's nephew. Yes, which is why I have overlooked your family's treason. What? She nods. My family, he holds up a hand. Your family kidnapped my aunt, petrified her, and betrayed our people. While I have freed my aunt, I would say the death of your family was necessary. She steps forward and with difficulty gets down to her knees. My brothers, the twins, they're they're merely children. They're only two years younger than I am. She looks back towards her husband before back up towards the pharaoh. Would you please, could you find it in your heart? Nahamra leans down to say something, but Hakatep raises a hand to stop him. Set teaches us that the world is a cruel place, full of darkness. Is that not true, brother? Atet nods. That is true. Hakatep stands up, descends down the steps, and helps the girl to her feet. 
My Osirian shall not be. I will spare your brothers. You will raise them. He leans in closer to the point that you, Sudi, can hear, but you don't think anyone else can. And their crimes will be upon you. Ooh. Do not let them step out of line. She lets out a little sob, nods her head. Etet takes her hand. Nahamra steps forward. The Pharaoh is pleased and generous. Remember this. Hakatep turns. I have one final thing. Oh, Lord. Bring forward my aunt and uncle. The two priests of Set make their way forward. Coptera and Gennaris. The high priest of Set bows at his waist. Trailed behind the two of them are the waifish dark-haired girl from before, as well as the elven woman that you'd seen more approaching an elven woman at this point, since when last you saw her, she was probably only a teen. How may we serve? my pharaoh. I feel that my reign has begun smoothly. The gods favor me. Osirian prospers. But, as my dear friend Nahamra often reminds me, I have yet to take a wife to ensure my royal dynasty will continue. It has been one year since my ascendancy to the throne. And thus far, he looks over and smiles at Nahamra. I believe to count, I have turned down 68 proposals. Neferuset. The dark-haired girl steps from around her father's side, staring up at her cousin. If you will, I would have you. A murmur goes up through the crowd. Nahamra steps forward. Considering the difficulties with the Church of Set, are we certain that this is... Hakatep raises a hand, smiles, looks back down towards the girl, who bows at the waist. We will accomplish great things together, my pharaoh. He nods. Their kids are going to have so many genetic problems. <laughs> then we shall wed. And to be clear, I will take no other wife. A murmur goes up through the crowd again. From this day until the last day. He steps down to level with her. I will be yours. She smiles up. And I yours. She leans forward. I promised you that this throne would pass to you, and it has. But there is a darkness coming. The Pharaoh nods, and we will face it together in this life and all the lives to come. The scene fades as Sudi, you blink away the image. For just a moment, you swore you could see some sort of light like stars in her eyes as she looked up at him. And for just a moment, you feel this wrenching heartache that you can't explain. And then you look to your confused and concerned compatriots. So, uh, he, uh, he came for Chisisek. You think he's looking for the others? What do you mean? The wife and all those other warriors pledged to serve him in this life and all the others. Well, I imagine the warriors are with his body. His wife would have been buried with him too, most likely as well. well so I, mean, I don't think yeah. they would be buried here. No, oh, no, of course not. No, I'm not saying here. I'm just saying, you know, one of the first things the cult did was go find his advisor. Well, that's because they needed information about the flying pyramid. That's sure. I mean, that could be a, an objective longer term to bring back those who would serve him loyally as undead. He probably wants to get himself together first. Well, because you knew that he took Chisisex. Well, let me rephrase that. You know that the Forgotten Pharaoh, the Pharaoh's Ib, wanted Chisisex so that 
they could find the flying pyramid and reunite Hukatep's ib with his body. Mm-hmm. At the very least, two thirds of him would be back together. And of course, they've been trying to find you and kill you this entire time to get mm-hmm. the cause. Well, not working out too well for him, is it? Haha. <laughs> um, anyone that wishes to may make me a uh, knowledge religion. Okay. Uh, I'll also allow knowledge and ability for anyone that has it. I mean, sugar has it. I'll have sugar roll. Um, I only roll a five for religion for a 27. I roll an 18 for a 23 religion. Masika rolls a 16 for a 29 religion. And then sugar rolls a 13 for a 26 nobility. All of you are aware that, of course, as Pharaoh, he would be buried with his, probably his greatest advisors, his strongest warriors, so on. Most of them would commit ritual suicide before joining him in the next life. Or Sugar looks up towards Hollis, clucks. The Akumen is an old word. Hmm. It used to be the term that the Pharaoh would use for their guardsmen. Kind of the kind of the precursor to the Risen Guard. Alright, alright. The moment the Pharaoh died, they would have been responsible for killing everybody else that the Pharaoh wanted to be buried with. Oh. And then killing themselves. Of course. And then being buried also. All right, well, Sugar says that those... Uh, Akumen. Akumen, yes, that's right. Sugar says that those Akumen are kind of like a precursor to the Risen Guard. Uh, essentially, when the Pharaoh dies, the Akumen would go around killing the people that the Pharaoh wanted to be buried with, then themselves, and then they'd all get buried together and whatnot. Hmm. Pleasant. We look forward to fighting them, I'm sure. Hmm. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. Yep. And maybe creepy priestess lady. Yeah, she sounds pretty creepy. Definitely. She also seemed to have some kind of prophetic ability. And again, you knew that she had the prophetic ability already. Yeah. Since yeah. she was the one that gave him the prophecy whenever she was preaching on the street. The starry yeah, eyes? Yeah, that he would be fair. Is that a thing? You can make a, uh, a knowledge religion or knowledge arcana. Sounds like he was crushing on her for a long time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Little do we know this was all just a love story. Deep down. I rolled a 16 for a 38. 16 for 38. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, effects like that can manifest depending on an individual's magic. Mm. It's pretty much unheard of for wizards. Uh, however, any individual who usually gets their magic from another source, sorcery or some sort of oracle, mm. that could possibly be some sort of relation of that. Again, you don't know what her powers were, but considering that she had literally oracular ability, mm. being an oracle gaining visions from some sort of external force. Cool. Could be possible. Again, both of her parents were devout worshippers of Sed. Yeah, probably some sort of nighttime foolishness or dark He is the god of the dark desert. Mm-hmm. Most interesting of all, though, is when he looked at her and saw the weird starry eyes, I felt what he was feeling. A, a heartache, a longing. She probably preceded him in death. Well, do you think the mask has feelings? I have not felt any emotions from it previously. Maybe it has something to do with how close we are to the other piece. Exactly. It shouldn't feel anything. Oh! Emotionally. You're wearing the thing. Can you sense the other piece? I mean, I can try. Sudi has no idea how to do that, but Sudi feels out into the void. Does it feel like hot, cold, anything like that? Just closing your eyes, you, your head turns as you look up. Again, it's kind of like, it's kind of like closing your eyes and you can still tell where the sun is. But it's not heat that you're feeling, it's just something else. Surprisingly, your pulse quickens, almost as if you can sense excitement. Yes, I can sense where it is. 
and it senses me as well. Mm. I think I'm feeling what it feels, an excitement that I'm so close. Well, I mean, if I was split into three pieces and two of them were in close proximity, I think I'd be excited too. Yeah, fair. But it what didn't feel it until I reached out, so I don't think it has the ability to see us, but I can... Well, I mean, the cultists know we're here. They do. It's true. We're not exactly shuttle. Not really. I think we should put a pin in this for right now and take care of the child. Yeah. Well, I, I can't take us anywhere until tomorrow, so we should find somewhere to hole up. We I guess go back, back to, to the bed. secret room. I was just about to say the same thing. All right. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. <laughs> secret tunnel through the sightless sphinx. Yep. Secret tunnel. <laughs> you collect yourselves. Grab your your new treasure, I suppose. Turn, make your way out from this chamber. Prepare to get jumped by somebody. Mm-hmm. Back out through the Hall of Honor. I suppose you're going to stop there and collect all the treasure off of those bodies as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We'll we'll yeah. basically loot our way back. We begin the long, arduous trek to the other side of the pyramid mm-hmm. or the sightless sphinx. Head back in through the uh, the chamber of ritual purification. Mm-hmm. The floor still disjointed and torn up from the burst earlier. As you turn to begin to make your way back through the uh, the narrow corridor that leads you back past the Bodox, all of you feel this odd sensation. Uh-oh. For lack of a better term, this itching behind your eyes. Uh-oh. You have been very busy. A voice in Osirian whispers into your head. Creeps. May I ask why you've come? May I ask who you are? <laughs> but of course, my name is Nanuraset. <laughs> what is it that you wish? Nothing. Don't nothing. answer that to anybody. Oh, don't even say the word nothing. We don't even answer this at all. <laughs> no, Choose don't the answer form of your <laughs> <laughs> I think we made a wrong turn. We're just going to keep on going this way. Usarib is dead. You're real good at stating facts. No, I shouldn't sass the demon. No, don't sass the demon. <laughs> Do not sass the demon. Masika starts singing the equivalency of, like, baby shark in her head. <laughs> <laughs> Sophronia looks between all of you. (laughs) Why have we stopped? Because he's talking to us. The demon is attempting to communicate with us. Ah, Sophronia. Oh, no. It's been so long. I cannot touch the mind of the dead as easily as the minds of the living. Y'all, let's keep walking. I wouldn't if I were you. But we all stop. (laughs) What is it that you wish... We're not going to answer that. We know better. Ah, the greatest of enemies, the educated. <laughs> yes! He <laughs> just no, called us smart. I still have two Glabrazoo questions, by the way. Sudi's <laughs> never been called smart in all his days. Aww. Let me know when you want to redeem those I questions. I would like to redeem my questions, please. What would you like to know pertaining towards a Glabrazoo? Okay, I can know two things, y'all. What do we want to know about Glabrazoo? <laughs> Special attacks? Yeah, yeah, special attacks. How's he going to murderate us? Uh, that's my prime concern right now is how he's going to kill us. What is he going to do? Weakness. Attacks. Oh, no. This is going to be a long list, isn't it? So first off, they possess Rend. Mm. They have giant oh pincers. They pinch on you, and then they rip you to pieces. Fair, fair. Yikes. They also possess spellcasting, and since Rend is kind of a, eh, 
Uh, I'll go ahead and give you their spellcasting. Okay, fine. First off, they are under a constant effect of true seeing. Ah. They can also cast the following spells at will. Uh, Chaos Hammer, Confusion, Dispel Magic, Mirror Image, Reverse Gravity, Greater Teleportation, Vel affecting only themselves, and Unholy Blight. Holy! Once per day, they can use Power Word Stun, oh. as well as summon uh, either another Glabrazoo with a 20% chance of success, or Frox with a 50% chance of success. Yikes. Once per month, they can grant a wish. Hollis motions for y'all for us to spread out. <laughs> <laughs> we can't really spread out. We're almost in the yeah. we're in the Bodoc room. We can go back into this ritual chamber and spread I out. I think we we, we back go back into the ritual, into the ritual yeah, I think room. We should step back and then readies to counterspell. <laughs> <laughs> Does an oil of bless weapon work against a Glabrazoo? Yes, because yes. it's evil. I'm going to pull that potion. Okay but I'm not going to use it because I don't know if we're actually fighting this thing right now or if he's just taunting us. We'll see. We're just talking to him, drinking potions. <laughs> well, again, you're not talking even. You know, you're communicating telepathically. You don't Very even true. know where he is. And uh, position yourselves in the room if you're splitting up. But I suppose uh, you kind of step back into the room, sort of start spreading out. So why are you here? A rescue mission. Rescue? Rescue whom? I don't know her name, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking B-Baby, personally. Yeah, B-Baby. Yeah. I know, but do we... I mean, I guess he knows about the B-Baby. And we got I her. Mean, he knows about the B-Baby. You did. Mm-hmm. Mission accomplished. Yeah, so we're on our way out. Interesting. Although you've killed my cult. Well, it's a Resticle's cult. That's true. <laughs> I mean, he did say the desert doesn't like weakness. So, maybe we can come to an understanding. Nope. I do not like this. I glance at the glowing paladin. <laughs> <laughs> Again, she can't hear anything, and it's just kind of floating there, looking so angry. He, so he probably will, like, mutter a uh, running commentary of what we're discussing so that she can be kept abreast. I can make an arrangement with you, and we can part ways amicably. I was told not to make deals with demons, personally. I second that. By your mother? Oh, well, yeah, for sure. But also, like, everybody <laughs> that's ever done anything in the whole world, really. I understand. Some personalities are not prone towards risk, but the rewards. Hmm. Wow, he really thinks we're going to fall for that. We're not that the road greedy to, to be hell honest is with paved you. with very good intentions. He's from I the have abyss, no not hell. In hell. Oh, I got a wand that can show you what it looks like if you're interested, though. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we getting sassy with this demon? <laughs> I'm just offering. I don't know. I was gonna say that wasn't actually her sassy tone. <laughs> yes, true. I have one. It was kind of a weird thing to find, to be honest with you. So, an arrangement. No, thank you. I don't think we're going to be okay with that. The arrangement would not be worth the cost you would exact on us for it. It's unfortunate that you view it that way. Sadly, though, you have weakened my position here, and I cannot abide by that. Ooh, I got an arrangement. We can send you back to where you came from. I think not. I'm rather happy here doing what I do 
So let's approach it this way. You have slain my cultists. They had it coming. So in exchange, I will enact revenge upon you. Eh, okay. And then use the power of your souls to guard our more allies for this endeavor that I'm involved in. Eh, I mean, that's kind of I wish it hadn't come to this. Too bad you can't grant your own wishes. There is a foosh of displaced air. Ha! He teleported. Get him. As suddenly a ton of muscle <laughs> appears looming directly over Sudi and Masika. <laughs> no! As this towering four-armed monstrosity stands to its full height, its eyes shining with a mixture of intelligence and cruelty from within its jackal-like head, two massive muscled arms ending in large pinchers directly over two almost comedically small <laughs> human arms beneath it. As the thing looms down and over you. I would like to cast banishment. Oh, no. And roll for initiative next time. Oh, oh, everybody write down that I was ready to counterspell. Goodness. Gracious me. You knew there was no way you're just walking out of here. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.